0: Hello, welcome back to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by the not-for-profit organisation Art on a Postcard. I hope you're all doing well and looking after yourselves. I woke up this morning to the news about Boris Johnson being in intensive care due to the virus, as I'm sure many of you did, which is pretty anxiety-inducing considering the need for leadership during this time. But There's still some room for us to continue to create and connect during quarantine. I've just ordered a screen printing kit to make some t-shirts, which should be fun. And I've got a writer's group I'm leading over Zoom. Feel free to get in touch if you'd like to participate in that. Um, I've heard from some of you, and it sounds like there's some lovely things going on. Meredith in Bury St Edmunds says, Hi Rosa, love the podcast, I'm currently listening to it while feeding my turtle. Um, this email came complete with a video of a very happy looking turtle eating some bright yellow flowers, which was very exciting to receive in my inbox on a Monday morning. I'm always quite weirded out by how involved the tongues get, but um, very cool prehistoric looking things. I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast, Meredith, and looks like you've got a really happy turtle there, um, blissfully unaware, and happy with all this attention, I'm sure. Okay, so today's episode is with the super lovely Ben Edge. I've loved Ben's painting since I got to know about him last year when he participated in our Art and a Postcard Summer Auction. Usually the mention of British history brings to mind visions of empire and wars that we're very quick to brush under the carpet here. Um, Ben Edge, however, focuses on what he calls the indigenous Anglican traditions, shrouded in folklore and ancient mythology that celebrates Mother Earth and, where possible, uses costume, dance, music, storytelling in the tiny pockets of modern society that continue to celebrate those traditions. Ben has travelled up and down the country investigating these traditions and has found himself immersed in their practices. His paintings often depict people dressed as plants or ancient mythological creatures in the settings in which he finds them which might be Hampstead Heath or on suburban streets. Since learning about Ben's paintings I've participated in some of these niche and eccentric gatherings myself so perhaps after this I might see some of you there. If you don't already know Ben's work I urge you to go and take a look and give him a follow on Instagram at ben underscore edge underscore art and find out more about him on his website benedge.co.uk. I hope you enjoy and see you at the end of the podcast. Hi Ben how are you doing? Yeah I'm doing uh, well thanks
1: Rosie yeah it's been quite a surreal time for us all as you know so just uh, locked away at home painting so it could be worse.
0: Yeah brilliant how are you managing during the quarantine?
1: Uh, You know what it's quite you know I suppose normally I'm in my studio isolated in a way anyway so I'm just at home and I worked at home for about 10 years in my living room painting so it's just a bit of a time warp taking me back to that, really. So it's uh,
0: yeah, yeah. set
1: up, yeah, with an easel in my front room at the moment.
0: Oh, amazing. <laughs> I think for artists, sometimes a bit of isolation can actually be really beneficial. Um, and yeah, I, I are generally used to it. So you've done so much work into folklore and tradition, which is usually about that human need for connection and people coming together. Yeah. Is there anything you think from your research and stuff that you think we can take from this time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one thing that really struck me from all the research that I did going up and down the country was, um, you know, that all the work and energy that went into these kind of gatherings between people. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're very important to these communities, but now, obviously, these are all being cancelled for the first time in many of their histories, perhaps. But what I do suspect is that people will still find a way of celebrating it, so whether they'll sing from their windows or something will still take place. But I think what you're talking about, I think it's making people realise that um, there's so many more ways of doing things and being creative. So I suppose that's one thing that, uh, that kind of is similar in some ways because the creativity you see in these communities of like, you know, the limitations they have, they're rural, they're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and they kind of come up with all these ways of creating these incredible gatherings and bringing people together for these festivals. So yeah. I think that now people are kind of doing that online. You know, they're coming up with all sorts of ways that they can express themselves or still have exhibitions, do music events. You know, I've even seen the Jack in the Green festival, the one that happens in Hastings, is happening online. So I don't wow. know how that's going to work. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, that's incredible. How would how would we tune into that? Do you know when that is? Yeah, well, yeah. So
1: it will be happening oh, just over, you know, May around May Day. I'm not quite sure the exact date of the one in Hastings because it can move depending on the bank holiday Monday. Mm. But uh, if you go onto the Jack and the green website there'll be information there so i'm intrigued myself to see how
0: that's going to work yeah yeah um so your fascination with folklore and um old pagan english traditions all began after a serendipitous experience on tower hill a few years ago what happened on that hill
1: (laughs) (laughs) well uh you know well i've always been interested in folklore and reading into all different you know local traditions and the kind of passed down stories Mm. But I didn't really know what was, you know, that felt like something from the distant past, you know. Yeah. So I was walking over Tower Hill one day because I was actually going to meet the Raven master at Tower Hill, uh, at the Tower of London because I was doing a portrait of it. Right. And um, as I was walking back, I, I kind of saw in the distance there was a group of um, people in white cloaks in a line walking. So I kind of ran over thinking, What is this? And got closer and overheard this like spring equinox ceremony taking place, wow. which was absolutely ima- kind of blew me away.
0: Yeah. So
1: uh, from there, I I actually went and researched into them, and they were like the Druid Order of London, and you know it said that William Blake was once a member.
0: Right. And
1: uh, then I looked into you know just I've I've got some books on British folk customs, and um, was absolutely blown away to find out you know it was all these little strange ceremonies were taking place all over the country. And I actually had no idea that they were happening at all. Yeah. And uh, then that kind of led to a new obsession, I suppose. And I, I started actually going out and visiting them uh, myself, getting trains and staying in B&Bs up and down the country.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it was just amazing experience. You know, it's been an amazing experience. And I've kind of got all this uh, archive footage and photographs now that I use yeah. to make paintings, but I'm also now using that footage for things and yeah, you know yeah, so yeah. uh yeah yeah because you're
0: you're you're working on a documentary aren't you with the footage
1: yeah so yeah exactly that so it was it originally that wasn't really a plan of mine but as as the more footage I kind of got together it's I then kind of started to interview people so I've now got this big archive of footage so I'm actually going to be editing that into an hour-long film
0: wow that will accompany
1: yeah yeah the company the series of paintings that I'm working on all about British folklore and
0: customs yeah yeah I think that'll just be so fascinating I think people would absolutely love to see that because it's like like you're saying you know once you're immersed in it you you're very much aware that that's going on and you can keep track of what's going on around the country but in general most people don't even have a connection to this old English a uh, British traditional history that's kind of out there happening in these tiny pockets all over um, England. So I think that'll be fascinating.
1: Oh, well, thank you. That's exactly that. You know, that's exactly right. You know, um, I think it's, it's important. People know that these are happening and you don't have to go and see them yourself, but just to know is interesting. But also I think there's something, you know, you were mentioning how it relates to what's going on now. And I do think that people are now kind of, um, you know, you're kind of in your house, you're having to look at yourself and your life. And people, you know, considering the fact that the planet's now um, obviously breathing almost and there's less yeah. uh, carbon emissions and things. And I do actually think that since I started going to these seasonal customs, yeah. you know, to be going to festivals, celebrating the change of the seasons and to see people literally dressed as plants and things. It really did give you a <laughs> a new kind of way of thinking and looking at the environment, I suppose, as well and made, and gave kind of gave me that connection to it that I haven't yeah. perhaps felt in a long time living in London, you know?
0: Yeah, so absolutely. So I think that,
1: you know, to make you feel some connection to your your ancestors' and practices they perhaps did, and also just to the land itself is a really positive thing, especially with what's going on right now, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, what I loved about this project is that it, it really sheds a light on, as you're saying, the ancient Anglican traditions, which seems like a way of celebrating British history and identity that isn't shrouded in... Racist imperial regimes, and you know the kind of brutal Absolutely. British history that I think, as you know, a left-wing British person, you often find it—it's quite difficult to sort of celebrate your your culture. And this seems like the the things that you're encountering—they seem, for the most part, to be you know moralistic folk tales, with loads of magic thrown in—and um, that's that's really great for us to remember that our nation hasn't always been entirely brutal. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, yeah,
1: there's a lot to celebrate. And like you say, it can be difficult with the, um, I think in a way our culture was hijacked here. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the things that we're, you know, that have happened, obviously the empire and uh, the slave trade and things, these were things really that came from the top. So yeah. they were things that they were government policies, you could say that the the reason that these happened. But actually the folk traditions are nothing to do with uh, politicians at the top. They're actually all committees of you know, ordinary folk, which once would have been referred to as peasants, mm. that have actually part, had these traditions passed to them and then they pass them on. And, you know, out of their own pockets or through collections, they've made these things happen. Yeah. And they're, like you say, they're nothing to do with that kind of uh, darker side of the British history. They're actually about, you know, it's, all, it's our indigenous culture. It's our native yeah. culture.
0: Yeah, and that excites me. You know? Yeah, and it's like you're saying all of the stuff around nature and the druids in particular, like forming a connection to the earth. I was listening to Philip Cargom, um, who's the um, yeah. is he the he's the kind of the the head of the druids uh, in 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 England, right? He's the right. Yeah, yeah,
1: I've heard his name, but I didn't know that he's... Where was, where was it
0: you were listening to it? Um, so he has this, he has this uh, weekly sort of blog vlog that he does. Where he oh, wow, does, like, I have to reads, check that out. Yeah, he reads uh, druid poetry and stuff, and he talks about druid magic as being the silver across the top of a, of a river, and, you know, it's so poetic, and it's such a... Yeah. Uh, like you're saying, it, it's such a beautiful connection to the earth that I think we've lost in modern culture. There's a lot to learn there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, No. absolutely. And I
1: think what I like about the Druids,
0: too, is obviously
1: when you first come across the Druids, it's a bit like you like the idea of them still being like, you know, some kind of Celtic priests and there's no,
0: yeah.
1: uh, you know, they're just carrying on old traditions. But, you know, the, there wasn't, you know, it's actually kind of quite a modern thing, really, because each Druid that I speak to, they, they often don't, they don't believe in a God or they don't, they're quite up to date with science. They're not like in the past yeah but they they're really fascinated with the idea of ritual and the importance of that on human beings and the idea of you know Mm. honoring seasons honoring the land so I think it's quite a you know it's quite an interesting thing in the kind of you know the scientific age we are in yeah and I think they're kind of becoming relevant in that sense that Mm. it's a kind of and you know it's 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 kind of like each individual has their own religion is one way that one of the members described it to me which I think is quite interesting
0: right yeah I mean at this point you've obviously traveled up and down the country to visit um and experience and immerse yourself in these rituals do you ever personally connect to them um and do you have a favorite or like a most sort of mad experience or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I've definitely had many but you know what I, I definitely have connected to them and um you know I'm the type of person I am I'm not really there just to be on the edges and watch I, mm. i've actually turned up and really immersed myself in it met all the people
0: right. you know it's a lot
1: of drink it's, they're like uh, a lot of drinking involves you know like you go from pub to pub so you end up kind of getting you know you spend a lot of time with people you know normally when you first meet someone you'll spend an hour here or there getting to know them but here you're often walking together for 10 hours you know and drinking yeah. in pubs yeah. so you actually make some good connections i made some good friends
0: oh, beautiful. but um
1: yeah but there's you know I'm trying to think of the maddest experience really because they're all quite you know (laughs) mad (laughs) but um I think my favorite would have to be uh, you know I think there's a few but to go through them really I love the Padstow uh, May Day festivals which is the Mm. Obios I don't know if you've seen it where it's I've made a painting of it so it's a big kind of black cylinder which is basically meant to be a hobby horse but it's evolved over time and a hobby horse sorry is like a man dressed as a horse basically <laughs> okay. and um, kids have them still and play with them but they go you know right back mm. but um so it's like it's huge cylinder it looks like and it has a kind of africany looking mask yeah and it comes out at the beginning on the on May Day to to celebrate the coming of summer and it means everything to this town. The whole town, dressing white, to symbolise they're born in the town and they all sing their, their May Day songs. Mm. That's an absolutely remarkable festival. Yeah. Uh, then you have the Burry Man Festival, which is the... Uh, it's basically around the time of Lammas, which is like a harvest festival, yeah, early August. And it's in a suburb of um, Edinburgh in Scotland called South Queensfree.
0: Mm. And
1: there it's a really strange custom where a man will cover himself um from head to toe in a in you know sticky kind of burdock seeds, right hence the burry man so he's covered head to toe and he walks through the town goes and the locals bring him out whiskey and take a burr to ease his pain and for good luck so that's a remarkable festival
0: yeah yeah Absolutely yeah brilliant. yeah yeah it's it's great to hear you, the stuff about going to the pub and connecting with the people because i went i went to go and see the green man ceremony on news oh brilliant just after new year's day and um, that went from the globe yeah. to the pub on borough high street yeah, oh you went
1: to that one i can yeah think. i have been to see them in different um you know they do other festivals throughout the year yeah. anyway sorry carry on yeah
0: i mean the costumes are unbelievable and the songs and just how playful it is but i was taken aback actually by how it's sort of like normal in inverted commas they were do you know what i mean like like you're saying you yeah get this idea of people who are engaging in these things being quite culty and but actually everyone was just so lovely and it was and, and i i read on your website that um you said that your art depicts the extraordinary lives of ordinary people. And I think it's exactly absolutely that it's it's sort of a beautiful insight into human creativity and imagination out of suburbia in England. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I like that's what I love about it. It's you know, I'm, I'm really fascinated. Even before I started doing this folklore project, I was focusing on individual people's stories. And this has kind of evolved into groups, I suppose. Group identities. Yeah. But what I love is to look into the little things that give people the meaning in their lives, you know, so like a lot of the people I meet, they'll be nurses or they do all sorts of kind of, um, you know, all sorts of jobs that they do day to day, but then they have their passion, they're like Morris dancers, or (laughs) and it's just that little something that makes life complete for them, and I really love that idea you know yeah. and, and I'm fascinated by what those little things are that make people's lives complete and that when you go to communities and see this whole town kind of loving and celebrating their tradition and it connects them to the past and it connects them to the future there's yeah. something you know incredibly moving about it and it's Absolutely. very infectious
0: yeah um I love your Berry man painting I find oh thank you it's just this totally eccentric figure placed in the suburban setting that you've got him in. It's almost more yeah. magical than if we were to see him in like a fairy forest or something like that. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's that extraordinary and the ordinary thing. Um, and I actually have the postcard version of it up in my flat. Oh, <laughs> um, well, that's lovely. To yeah, hear. I love yeah. it. Um, that painting was used as the single cover, wasn't it? For fat, White families yes. taste good with yes, them. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you collaborated them on their music video recently. How was that?
1: Uh, it was it was great fun doing that. You know, because I've known um, some members of the Fat White Family for quite a long time. Because I was in a band myself called the Spivs, and they were yeah. in a band called the Saudis at the time.
0: Yeah, and we used to play
1: gigs together all over London. So we've always been friends. We hadn't seen each other for a while though, but we kind of kept in touch right. online and everything. But um, yeah, so Saul in particular was very interested in what I was doing. Um, you know, the folklore element to my work and everything. It's something that he's interested in. So we just got chatting and then in, in the end ended up doing a portrait of him. And then he came over to my studio and brought some other members of the Fat White family. And they mm. kind of, I think they were quite inspired by uh, all the paintings. And, it, and then that led to a music video, a single yeah. cover and a... I've also done a tour poster for them and I think I'll be doing some more bits. So yeah, oh, that's been really
0: yeah. great. Yeah, it's a it's yeah. a wicked video. I'll definitely I suggest <laughs> oh, all thanks. of our listeners definitely go and check that out because it's brilliant. Um and so music's obviously been really important to you your whole life, really, hasn't it? You've been part of a few bands, Electric Pencil and the Stivs. <laughs> yes. Um yes. what what kind of relationship does your music have to your painting, or are they both two separate parts of you that remain, you know, separate? Yeah. Or- That's a good
1: uh, question because for a long time it felt very separate and um, so I did you know like you said I've done a few bands and about two and a half years ago I didn't do any music at all for a while and I Mm. I think subconsciously I needed a break because I was putting everything into uh, my art and the project of traveling around and everything that it almost felt like it had gone to different roads and perhaps I was feeling at the time that's it maybe I won't do any more music but actually now having that space the music's kind of crept back in and I've started doing some kind of solo music solo folk kind of music mm. and started to kind of see it all as one force really and that's somewhere I've always really wanted to get to so I'm very happy about that at the moment actually so I'm just going to continue exploring bringing both really under one roof is what I want to do
0: yeah fantastic and what seems to be
1: happening yeah.
0: yeah yeah i suppose music has that ability to unite and ignite groups of people to dance and sing and it's it's yeah. used in pagan rituals that you attend all the time so there's certainly absolutely there is that c- communal um spirit in music that you're capturing in your paintings as well
1: No, well, absolutely. Yeah, Music definitely brings people together. It breaks down social barriers. It's just, you know, it definitely unites people without doubt. And I think, like you say, the music that I heard kind of on the road in this project definitely gave me a new lease of life in music, I think. And it's definitely made me uh, just naturally start writing songs again and getting back into it.
0: Yeah yeah. Um with the paintings depicting obviously such um m- mythological sort of subject matter and you know it's it's quite fantastical in in a sense the way that you paint is extremely um precise and you use very sort of like bold colors and um how did you how did you land on that kind of way of painting and um, this yeah. subject matter
1: So I'll tell you what it
0: is really I think um
1: You know, for me, art really is an extension of our own personalities and our own kind of natures, I suppose.
0: Mm.
1: So I've naturally just let my personality inform my style, really. So I'm like a perfectionist. Mm. I'm very particular about things. So there was a time, you know, back in my days at art school where I was more like, oh, I want to paint like this, I want to paint like that. And that really was more of a fight against yourself, which now I realise isn't the way to go. You know, I think that we let our personalities inform our work. We really start making something unique to us. So for me, I think that my painting style is very natural to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's
1: just all my personality traits put into (laughs) painting.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And you mentioned you've got an easel up at the moment in your um, living room. What are you working on at the moment?
1: So I'm actually um, doing some little pieces for this artist support pledge that's been going around on uh, Instagram. Yeah. So I'm making some five little pieces that are gonna be sold for two hundred pounds each on Instagram. So have a look. they will be going yeah. up very soon.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Will do. And also
1: then carrying on with um my this project, you know, uh painting the next one I'm painting is actually called the hair pie scramble, which is mm. uh unfortunately probably not gonna be taking place this year, but it's it's an Easter custom where um it's it's called bottle kicking, but it's basically two neighbouring villages fight over this kind of wooden barrel. And it's one of the most violent of things I've ever seen in my life. People are knocked out. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) They say it's like the predecessor to uh, rugby. Right. Um, So, yeah. So And it all begins with a hair pie that's uh, chucked out from a local church that people fought over.
0: And then apparently
1: hundreds of years ago, uh, the neighbouring village started coming in and nicking bits of the pie, (laughs) the uh, alcohol that was chucked out. So then it turned into a fight and that evolved into this kind of big mass game between two t- neighbouring towns.
0: Wow. So that's
1: what I'm working on. <laughs> so that's yeah. quite
0: incredible. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to see that. Bottle kicking as well. That sounds like the name of, a, of an album.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it does actually. Well, Ben, your paintings are so wonderful and such a celebration of the human spirit and creativity and exploring ways that ordinary people seek to bring magic into their lives and I love them and oh well thank you um, I appreciate um, that it's been really insightful to get your unique perspective on the current situation as well and to hear about the magic that you've encountered um just quickly where, where can our listeners find out about your art and keep up to date with what you've got going on
1: Right. So the best way, obviously, is visit my website, which is www.benedge.co.uk. And on there, you'll find, you know, a bit about everything that I do, my paintings, my music. And I'm also doing yes. playlists that people can check out all music I listen to while painting. Oh, wicked.
0: Yeah, cool. But
1: through there, you'll find my Instagram address, which is just Ben Edge Art. And that's basically like a news feed for me. So I'll be uploading my latest work, uh, footage for my travels. and yeah. So um, that's a, if you want to find out about what I'm up to, that's the place to go
0: yeah i i can't wait for the documentary and to see all the footage because it's like you know you could you probably have such a wealth of knowledge and so much that it'd be hard to actually put into you know a short interview or, or into words yeah or, so it would just be great to see everything that you've seen through <laughs> through the video yeah no absolutely and there's nothing like the actual the people themselves talking you know uh, yeah, not yeah. necessarily
1: my interpretation but like you know straight from the horse's mouth the actual people
0: Oh really, will so it include what, interviews yeah. as well?
1: Yeah, so it's going to be interviews combined with footage and that's basically going to be the general theme and it's going to go through the ritual year through 20 different customs.
0: Wow, oh that's so, so exciting. That's yeah, Yeah. that's great. All right, well Ben, thank you so much for, um, for chatting with me today and giving up some time um, during... No, it's a pleasure. Team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah well take care of yourself uh, keep safe yeah, thanks rosa and yeah good to catch up yeah definitely
1: <laughs> all right yeah. take care take, take bye. care thank you bye. Bye. bye
0: thank you for listening to art on a podcast to find out more about anything in today's episode go to art on and be sure to follow us on all our social channels at art on a postcard Goodbye.